This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It is your daily news update from here in Phoenix. On what's happening in our state and region, good day to you. I'm Phil Latzman, and this podcast indeed is a daily digest of the day's events in Arizona. It's Thursday, and you know that means uh, Friday Eve around here. It is February the 23rd, and let's get going with all the news you need to know about. Last year, as former Attorney General Mark Brnovich released a report casting doubt on the 2020 election, his own staff was busy debunking claims of voting irregularities and fraud. But as Ben Giles reports, Brnovich kept their work hidden. Brnovich concealed reports based on 10,000 hours of investigation that dismissed wide-ranging claims of vote tampering and fraud. That's according to records released by new Democratic Attorney General Chris Mays. Instead, amid a campaign for the GOP nomination for a U.S. Senate seat, Brnovich released an interim report claiming there were serious vulnerabilities with the 2020 election in Maricopa County. Records show that interim report was heavily disputed by his own staff. Mays says that, on the contrary, the comprehensive investigation records revealed the election was conducted fairly and accurately. Ben Giles... KJZZ News, Phoenix. A winter storm knocked out power to thousands of homes and shut down major roadways in northern Arizona and is expected to keep an icy grip on much of the southwest through tomorrow. Ten inches of snow reported Wednesday in the high country with wind whip drifts of up to two feet high. Another 15 to 21 inches is possible by midday Friday in Flagstaff, where the National Weather Service office is among those without power much of the day. And many roads and highways heading to Arizona's high country do remain closed this morning. Check before you go. The American Red Cross has opened a warming shelter for residents in the Flagstaff region that have been affected by those widespread storms and outages. From Flagstaff, Michel Marisco reports. The Red Cross opened its warming shelter at Sinawa Middle School near Central Flagstaff. The organization is providing snacks and water. People in need of help are encouraged to bring some personal items and must keep their pets confined. 50 to 75 mile an hour winds have sustained since late Tuesday night, pushing whiteout conditions across the northern stretches of the state. Nearly a quarter of Coconino County was without power Wednesday morning. Temperatures are still below freezing. Michel Marisco, KJZZ News, Flagstaff. The Scottsdale City Council has unanimously approved a proposal to provide water to the Rio Verde Foothills community, but it would require Maricopa County to help foot the bill and deliver it. Jill Ryan has details. Rio Verde Foothills has been without a water source since the start of the year. Scottsdale cited the ongoing drought as the reason for stopping water delivery after two decades of service. Scottsdale wants Maricopa County to agree to a temporary fix that, if the Board of Supervisors approves, would last two to three years. Rio Verde resident Meredith DeAngelis says she's thrilled the city is working on a solution, but... I know that in here, the city is obtaining the 600-acre feet of raw water from a third-party source, and they have yet to have secured that water. And my concern is, what are they doing and how is that going to pan out? City Council Member Solange Whitehead explained it this way to KJZZ's The Show. So Scottsdale's water is sourced from a number of, you know, different areas, and we feel confident that we can increase just enough to provide this community with water. The water haul price would triple, and Scottsdale would additionally charge Maricopa County $1,000 a month. Whitehead says there is room for negotiations. Jill Ryan, KJZZ News, Phoenix.
Governor Katie Hobbs has removed all of the board members of a binational nonprofit meant to foster ties between Arizona and Sonora. From the front terrace desk in the snoring capital of Hermosillo, Kendall Blust reports on this unusual move. Hobbs has fired every member of the governor-appointed Arizona-Mexico Commission Board of Directors. The commission works to strengthen business, trade, and cultural ties with neighboring Sonora, which has its own cross-border council. I'm telling you, we're the envy of lots of border states who don't have this this relationship with their counterparts. Jaime Chamberlain is a produce distributor in Nogales, Arizona, and served as commission secretary until he was dismissed in an email last Friday. It was a shock. He says many members had been on the board for years, even decades, and it's their relationships with Sonoran counterparts that make the commission so successful. Still, he acknowledges that Hobbs is within her rights and says he'll reapply, something Hobbs' office says all previous members are welcome to do as the governor sets a new direction for the commission. Kendall Blust, KJ's Z News, MOCO. State Senator Catherine Miranda has announced she's forming the legislature's first ever Black Caucus. Miranda said the move will give Black Arizonans a voice at the Capitol despite a lack of representation. That's how it's made up, is members that are the elected officials here. Well, there's no members here to create the traditional caucus. So I decided my community will be the member. So it's the actual Black community that will come in and they will be in charge of the agenda. Miranda, who's part of the Arizona Latino Caucus, says she's received support from the NAACP and former Senator Leah Landrum-Taylor. The Biden administration has formally announced plans to introduce a new restriction on asylum seekers at the U.S.-Mexico border. The new rule would require first asking for protection in the country's asylum seekers pass through on their way to the U.S., from the front terrace desk in Tucson, Elisa Resnick has the latest on that. The move resuscitates a Trump-era protocol that forces migrants to ask for protection in a third country before doing so at the U.S.-Mexico border. If they don't, they'll be denied access to asylum in the U.S., despite U.S. and international laws that require it. Legal Alert with the ACLU says his organization challenged the Trump-era rule in court and won. There is just no functioning asylum system in those countries, so that's just sort of a illusory promise. Galert's organization also successfully stopped another rule enacted under Trump that required asylum seekers to go to a port of entry to ask for protection. He says the Biden administration's proposal is a combination of those two Trump-era policies, and his organization is ready to challenge it again. Alisa Resnick, KJZZ News, Tucson. More than 20% of Arizona's population is over the age of 60, so it makes sense that universities, including ASU, are studying older adults. And Kathy Ritchie tells us how. The Center for Innovation in Healthy and Resilient Aging, or CIRA, aims to do just that, according to Dr. David Kuhn, CIRA's director. And we approach looking at aging um, from a, a resilience perspective. So resiliency in terms of physical and emotional well-being. And then growth, because we continue to have growth, understanding our enha- enhanced capabilities for adaptation. Sierra is made up of ASU researchers who work across disciplines and the community in hopes of cobbling together a variety of perspectives to study and solve the myriad challenges facing adults as they age. Kathy Ritchie, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Antiviral drugs can greatly reduce the likelihood of hospitalization and death for people at risk of severe COVID infections. But their use is sporadic, and new research suggests public health websites are partly to blame, including Arizona's. From the Science Desk, Nicholas Gerbis has details on that. 
A research letter published in JAMA Network Open rates public health websites of 50 states, 5 territories, and Washington, D.C. It assesses factors like readability, navigation, facts about options, eligibility, locations, and costs, and access for people with disabilities. Out of 100, readability scores ranged from around 12 to 93 and averaged in the mid-40s. Arizona fell below that and also had the lowest mean accessibility score, averaging 0.25 on a scale of 0 to 2. Like most sites studied, its readability was rated difficult, requiring college-level aptitude. The authors call for national guidelines to address the problem. Nicholas Gerbis, KJZZ News, Phoenix. In sports, the Coyotes' nine-game point streak comes to an end last night at home. They fell to the Flames 6-3 in Tempe. Calgary scored twice in the third period and took four times as many shots as Arizona. Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, and Matthias Maselli scored for the Coyotes in a losing cost. Basketball, Suns back from the NBA All-Star break tomorrow night. They'll host Oklahoma City. Kevin Durant has been practicing a bit with the Suns. They're reportedly now targeting his debut and return from knee injury next Wednesday when the Suns travel to Charlotte. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ's Sun Up, Arizona's morning news podcast on this Thursday, February the 23rd. I'm Phil Latsman. Thanks so much for listening. And yeah, we'll do it again tomorrow when we get to Friday. <laughs>